Perhaps the most controversial topic of discussion in our day revolves around truth. Opinions often blur the lines of an objective truth. Streaming platforms, social media, and other mediums allow individuals to project their truths upon the masses like never before. In the midst of woke, cancel culture, religious freedoms, political liberties, social injustice, we attempt to search for and reveal the truth. This is Truth Revival. All right, all right. Welcome back, everybody. Today is a day that we will always remember, hopefully as long as I'm alive. Today is September 11th. This is the 20-year anniversary of the attack on America. This podcast will not air on September 11th, but in the studio with me today, I've got Mr. Paul Chapman. Nationwide. Easy. You remember uh, where you was at on September 11th? Yeah, I do. I was in Madisonville. In my apartment, I just started my business, and that day, I didn't go to work for some reason, and uh, I remember somebody called me, because I didn't have a TV then. It was probably the, the greatest time of my life. I actually didn't have a, a TV that worked really good, and so they're like, you got to turn it on, and turn it on, and I was like, are you kidding me? It's crazy, and it was just like a uh, the emotion that, that hovered the country at that moment in time. I'll, I'll never forget the way it felt. It was it was helpless and empty, but the way the people came together and united then and, and came in unity, you know. For, there was definitely a rise of patriotism. Yes, definitely. I can remember that. Also in the studio with me today, we've got Mr. Cody Baxter. Cody, good to have you back. It's good to be here. Uh, you remember where you was at on September 11th? I was sitting in a library at school. And I remember the librarian began to cry. And, you know, I asked her, I said, what's going on? She told me. And, you know, she said, we need to pray. That's the first thing we did. We prayed right there in the library. Mm. And I remember getting off, you know, going from school and then straight to the church and, you know, began to listen to what was going on 20 wow. years today. Incredible. Mr. Jared Johnson, he's also in the studio today. Jared, tell us a little bit about yourself, and uh, you remember where you was at on September 11th, right? Oh, yeah. My, my name's Jared Johnson. I'm the pastor at Trinity Baptist Church in Madisonville. Um, teleco boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I work at uh, JTEC Automotive, um, and uh, that's just a little bit about me. That's enough about me. Uh, <laughs> you could go on and on. Oh, right? yeah, 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 you know. Uh, this is the the truth revival like i I could bring truth like the amazon trucks do i'm telling no i'm just kidding um uh yeah yeah just delivering delivering truths like amazon delivers packages especially to my house um no on september the 11th i'll never forget i had transitioned um into a different job and and the job i had you had to drive around so i was in a uh, a pickup truck listening to this is going to date me a little bit listening to Haller and Hilton Hill and uh, never forget um, they broke in and talked about the first plane and at that particular moment it still wasn't clear of, of whether it was an accident or not you know and so it was really interesting to to hear the dynamic that was going on talking about how it possibly could have been an accident and then of course shortly mm-hmm. thereafter the other plane hit and when the other plane hit man I just went home um I didn't call the boss. I didn't do it. I just went to the house. Yeah. And uh, 
turned on the TV and uh, just remember um, somehow we ended up at the church. And uh, I think a, a lot of people, you know, that's kind of where they, they flowed to. And, uh, yeah, I'll never forget it. I mean, I, I can even right now see in my mind where I was on the road when it happened. I mean, that's how etched it is. Yeah. I can still hear uh, Halloran's voice, and and uh, it was just a, it was very, very, very intense moment in my life. I'll, ne- I'll never forget it. And then, of course, I had – in 2003, I had the opportunity to go with Denny Moore to, to New York, um, and uh, we went to, we went to Ground Zero. Oh and, wow! And we got to go to Ground Zero when the cross pillar was still up. Um, I don't know if you all remember the story, but uh, when the buildings fell and and uh, they were cleaning the debris, and in 2003 they were still cleaning debris. Um, got to see the cross pillar. And I've got a picture of that on, on, on my desk at home. And um, the two things that struck me more than, more than anything, not to, not, not to continue to talk, but the two things that struck me more than anything was, was that uh, cross pillar. And then there is a little church right across the street from Ground Zero. It's actually the church that George Washington went to. There's still His pew is still there. The pew he sat on is still there. And it's, uh, it was surrounded by skyscrapers so so here's this little church in this little block and all these businesses around it and all these huge buildings and when um, the towers fell all the windows were knocked out of every building around that church but the church was fine (laughs) so it's it's just it's something that i always i'll never forget that i and i can't detach the two Uh, i'll never never ever forget um, the sacrifice of the men and women, but I'll also never forget the move of God at that particular time. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I know I felt like, I mean, I live in a small community, Teleco Plains, but when that happened, a part of me felt like I was attacked because I've heard it said that 9-11 is our generation's Pearl Harbor. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, I, would, I would say so. And son, let me tell you what, when George... W. Bush told the terrorists that we were coming for him. Everybody in America was like, yes. Yeah, it's and on. Shocking all happened, and we committed to the 20-year war or conflict, whatever you want to call it, in Afghanistan. We've recently pulled out. That's beside the point. But I guess today's theme or today's topic is why do bad things happen to good people? And I'm sure that Everybody has probably asked that question at some point in their life, in their spiritual journey. And they've probably even thought, God, why is this happening to me? Why is this bad event? Why is this circumstance happening to me? And I've got some great men in the studio today. Paul, have you ever asked yourself that question? Oh, yeah. Every, why is this every, happening to me, or why do bad things happen to good people? Every man does, you know, and I think uh, there's a misconstrued thought. You know, when, when you give your life to Jesus, everything's going to be peaches and cream and rosy dozy, and you quick quickly find out that's not the case, and I think that's why a lot of people give up the race. Uh, but with, with the day being the day that it is, you know, uh, our Declaration of Independence, listen to this, it says, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. 
So even our forefathers knew that we were all created equal. And, and but we want to we don't want to re- reference the Declaration of Independence. We want to reference you know, reference the truth, the word of God. So Romans 2, 11 and 16 through 16 says this, for all have sinned without the law, all will perish without the law and all who have sinned under the law will be judged by law. For it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers of the law who will be justified. He shows no partiality. You know, he's the God of the just and the unjust, as it says in Matthew five, you know, and how about uh, this, Paul, have you ever heard uh, people say that God is sovereign? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, there are references in Scripture that God is sovereign. Even before the beginning of the world, God already knew the end. In the beginning was God. Before there was a beginning, there was God. Kent Hovind has a great explanation on God. A lot of uh, atheists or scientists will ask if everything that is created as a creator, well, then who created God? And God is somebody, a being that operates outside of time and space. We cannot hardly even understand God with our limited minds. But God is superior. God's the greatest. God is the supreme power and authority in the universe. He created all things and holds all things together. That's what the Bible says in Colossians chapter 1. Verse number 16, Romans 11 says he knows the past, present, and the future. And so God is sovereign. He holds all things together. And so why would he allow these things to happen to us, Paul? Why would he allow bad things to happen to us? To mold us, to make us, to let us know that he's in control. Um, you know, to, to reign with him, you got to suffer with him. Not to, not to chime in, but to chime in. Um, which is a problem you'll have with me. Uh, I think one thing that we've got to remember, right? Uh, you, you mentioned a little bit of Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 a minute ago, right? Where toward the end of that verse, it says all things were created through him and for him. So we've got to remember that at, at points and times, uh, it is our weakness that makes us strong, right? we got to remember that. We've also got to remember the fact that um, the Lord, you know, things happen, there's just no doubt about it. There's things to happen, and, and what may happen, you know, I like to tell people uh, whether it's a heart attack or a hangnail, if it's important to you, if it's mm-hmm. big to you, it's big, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, for real. I mean, you know, because I think we get into a world, and, and this is probably a topic for another day, but we get into a world where we do, especially comparison Christianity, which is the worst thing that we can do in the world. It's just like if I look at Roman, and if I don't have it as good as Roman, then I've got a problem, and that's not necessarily a problem. Roman's got a different path than Jared's got. We right? start getting jealous. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. envy, coveting. those yep. coveting. Yeah. That's our street. I say all that hard tack hang now. I say all that because I don't want anybody to think that we're making light of their situation. If it's major to you, it's major to God. Oh, yeah. But, but you've got to understand that we miss sometimes the joy of suffering. Because scripture's clear that when we suffer, we are suffering like Christ. And I know some people say, well, wait a minute, preacher. You know, that's not the way it's supposed to be. But if you think about Colossians, you're going to get Jared's spill real quick. I butted in, so I might as well share my heart. Um, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 16 at the end of the verse, of course, it talks about in those verses, it, in that verse, it talks about God being in control of big things, right? So you can assume, and I know that's not a great thing to do when, you, when you're when you talking about the Scripture, but you can assume that if, if God is in control of the big things, he's in control of the little things as well. 
And at the end of the verse, it says all things were created through him and for him. So if you look at everything and realize that everything is filtered through the hands of the Lord and realize that all things were created through him and for him. So I, Jared Johnson, is created through the Lord for the Lord. So I can look at even before salvation, I can look at every event in my life as a molding event. That's Romans eight twenty eight. Yeah, as a molding event, right? And so here, here's what happens. The moment I get in the will of God and on his path for me, those negative events in my life are no longer negative. They're positive. Because what I have done is I've experienced those things. Yep. So then I can use those experiences to minister to people. Yes. And so perspective is an amazing thing. It's very difficult to get. Don't get me wrong. Once again, we talk about comparison Christianity. We talk about looking at my neighbor instead of looking at my heart. But when you gain that perspective, man, then your past, even though it has been a negative in your mind, becomes a very strong positive because you look at, man, look what I've over, or I shouldn't say look what I've overcome, but look what the Lord has allowed to get, you know, allowed me to get through. And then I have used my past experiences, as I'm sure the rest of you guys have, to really help others, right? Now, guys, I got some really stupid moments in my life, right? I I tell people I got dummy marks all over me. But, man, and I've also had some things happen to me that made no sense at all. But now when you reflect on them, especially when you get to use that in a point of ministry or witnessing, or, or helping somebody that's struggling, you go, man, I would never have this perspective had I not struggled. Yeah. Right? I think, Jared, what you're talking about is the Joseph effect. Yes. Where, yeah. you know, Joseph, favorite of his father, people have heard of the coat of many colors. His brothers tried to kill him, wanted to sell him into slavery. Then he goes to Egypt, gets uh, accused of rape by Potiphar's wife, gets thrown in jail, Gets neglected for several years. I mean, if anybody could have been bitter at God, oh yeah, it'd been him. It'd have been Joseph. Well, and I mean, you think about the situation with Potiphar's wife, right? Dude ran, and instead of going, yeah, yeah, he did the right thing. (laughs) He was falsely accused, right? When all this happened, he didn't shake his fist at God and go, "But I did good," you know. Yeah, that's true. I know that I myself, when I face trials, when I go through events, I know that I myself have been like, "Why, God?" Why is this happening? And I've been upset. I've been frustrated. And I look sometimes back at Joseph. We don't ever see Joseph harboring ill will towards God or questioning the Almighty. He was solid. He was solid. And God eventually elevates him. He gets an opportunity for retribution against his brothers. And you know what? He sees that they have repented. They've changed. And he eventually reveals himself. And he tells him what you meant for evil, God meant for good. Amen. And I think that's what we're trying to understand here. It's a very powerful thing when a person realizes that in their own life. To hear it, okay, but to go through some things, to go through some hardships, and to find out that God is sovereign. Man, you learn to stand on the cornerstone. That God is faithful, and, yeah. And and he, you rely on him, and that, your faith just built. Talking about that suffering, Romans 5, 3 through 6, it says, Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, our hope in him. And hope does not put us to shame. Even though we go through this bad moment, it doesn't put us to shame because God, 
God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit and has been given to us. For while we were weak, at the right time, he died for the ungodly. He died for the ungodly. So we go through these things, you know, to be able to illuminate who he is to the ungodly. Listen, I met a man this week. It was nuts. It was absolutely nuts. I used to go to church with him. He was a deacon. He was over the money. I'm in a faithful servant of the Father. Been on mission trips with him. I've been to Brazil with him. And he, he, he's been to Africa, all these places. And, he, and he, I remember he resigned from the church. And, and I finally asked him this week, because this has been years ago. I said, why did you resign? He said, the pastor was stealing money. And I'm like, what? And I knew all these guys. Mm. I'm like, what? He said, yeah, I resigned, man. And, and uh, he said, I walked away. And, and he said, I just knew I was done. You know, nobody would believe me. Nobody would. I, my mission work was over. It was done. And he said, and then he said, I, I went to Ecuador. A guy called me and I went to Ecuador. He said, I walked in from Ecuador. Listen to this. This guy was a faith and still today serving Jesus. He, he said, I walked into my house. Been married 20-something years. Said, I sit down at my kitchen table. My wife came in and said, hey, I'm miserable, and I want $65,000, or I'm going to tell everybody you've been molesting our grandchildren. you got a week to answer me. And I'm standing there. My jaw is on the ground. I'm like, what? Because I know this guy. I know his character. I know who he is. He said, Paul, you wouldn't believe the suffering that I went through for two and a half years. He said the TBI was involved, DHS, you know, uh, the local authorities. He said they were putting stickers on my gate. Turn yourself in or we're coming to get you. You can do this peacefully or it's going to be going to be bad. So he hired the lawyer and he went through all this and all this and all this. And finally, the judge ruled in his favor and said, hey, looked at his, looked at his ex-wife, said, this is a lie. You're trying to destroy this man for no reason. This is a lie. You're clear. You're good to go. Listen to this. Went through all that. You know, thought he lost his mission work because that's what he lives for. Now he's head over. He's been to Ecuador six times in the last two years. He went three times when everything was shut down in the pandemic. And he's going back this Christmas to do 500 uh, families Christmas. He's going to be there the whole month of December. God restored him. Now he's over his own mission team to where he was always going and helping. God raised him up. You know, he went through all that suffering and thought it was over. Bad thing happened to a good man, but he remained faithful and he trusted. He said, I serve God through the whole thing. Paul said, I never question. I never doubt. And you think about that. Those disciples, they, they serve God and they stood strong. You know, James gets killed. Peter's sleeping in the mid. They put 16 guards to guard him and he's there with these guys guarding him. Did he ever? No, he, tr he was at peace because he was resting. He obeyed the angel and then he was delivered and set free. Wow. You know, Paul, we referenced Romans eight twenty eight earlier, but I want to read it. It says, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. And you just said, we rejoice in sufferings. I know when I'm suffering, I don't always rejoice. And I know when bad things are happening, I don't, and in my mind, I don't always go, this is going to be good one day. <laughs> I'm going to reflect on this in the future and be thankful. Cody, give us your thoughts. Well, just like each and every one of you, me, myself, I've, I've went through battles in my own life. You know, I just got out of one that was almost three years in the making. You know, and looking back, you can begin to see the hand of God all the way through. 
But the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 11, he says, For the other foundations can no man lay, that is laid, which is Christ, or Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon the foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or stubble, pay attention, verse 13, Every man's work shall be made manifested, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. Mm. And the fire shall try every man's work mm. of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Pay attention, verse 15. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, if it ain't for God, it ain't, I mean, we, we consider it lost because it's the worldly things. One of the most mispronounced Bible verse in America or in the world is just what we're talking about. Why would why would God allow this to happen? Well, God won't put more than you can stand. Oh. Listen to this. Come on, Cody. First Corinthians chapter ten, verse number thirteen. For there hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man, but God is faithful mm. let's remember that god is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able but will the temptation also make a way to escape it amen that ye may be able to last two words bear it Ooh. look at job's life mm. paul he suffered for what christ's sake christ told him when he called him he said you will suffer the disciples, just as these men has mentioned, the disciples, each disciple, they, they was killed. They was martyred. Martyred, yeah. But at the end of the day, they did it. Why? Because Christ told them that it was going to happen. Go to Job's life. If you look at the details and you look at his life when everything began to happen, in a matter of mere minutes, the man lost everything he had. Yeah. But what he what he had that nobody else had was one thing I won't read it and I'll be quiet. <laughs> Is in Job twenty or verse nineteen. Verse nineteen, verse twenty five, he says, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. We take so much pride in our material life. You know, I had to laugh this morning as I was driving up highway, I mean, coming up here, and I heard it hit, you know. I thought, well, it's just a rock. Well, you know, flat tire right on the side of the road, you know, which the good thing is I had the tools to fix it. And I just had to laugh, think, you know what, Lord, you do have a sense of humor. But we look at our trials, and we think this is going to kill me. I'm not going to make it through. But at the end of the day, God is preparing us for much, much more. That's true. That's true, Cody. You know, Cody, you brought up the Apostle Paul, and I just want to read real quickly some of his sufferings. This is out of 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. He said, I was in prison often, near death. Of the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes, save one. Anybody got a calculator real quick? 39 times 5? What is that? Too many. 
for me to, for me to endure. One ninety five. One. I'm a grown man. <laughs> can you imagine? My lord. Now listen, Ooh. I'm not. Talk, I, I can remember growing up. I'd get like maybe, maybe dad would whip me two or three times with a belt. You know, just two or three. And that's all it took for me to realize. Thirty nine boys with a rod. I'm telling you, that's a, that's a man whooping right there. And you'd think a person would even think real fast. I'm either going to change course and correct my action, or it would either, you know, solidify your resolve to know that I'm going to do this or die. Well, Paul was that guy that he had plenty of opportunity to turn back, and yet he endured. But he said, I received 40 stripes, save one. Thrice I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I was shipwrecked. Night and day I've been out in the deep, stranded out in the waters, in journeys and perils, often robbers, perils by my own countrymen. People sought to kill him. Perils in the wilderness. You know, he didn't have air conditioning. He didn't sleep in a comfortable bed. In weariness and painfulness, hunger and thirst, cold and nakedness. Now, boys, Cody, a flat tire is more of an inconvenience sure. than suffering, having to wait in the drive through line. To us, that's suffering. Mm-hmm. Or... You know what? You're not agreeing with somebody at your job. To us, that's suffering. Or you're not exactly seeing eye to eye with your spouse. To us, that's suffering. Boys, that's nothing what the Apostle Paul went through. And yet he endured. Well, He was faithful. Go ahead, Cody. Even one time, Paul said, I'm betwixt the two. He said, whether to go or to stay, he said, you know what? He said, I'm a winner either way. That's right. You know, he was... He was so he had so much faithfulness in his life. Either way, he he won either way. Yeah, he was a True. man that had such strong resolve. And you see, that's that's what we have to become as Christians: people that have a resolve that no matter what, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to serve God. I think that was Job's resolve. Mm-hmm. Satan tested that, right? Yeah. When God said, "Have you considered my servant Job?" And Satan goes, "Well, he's only." been faithful because he's never had to go through anything. God allowed Satan to come against Job. And when Job's wife said, just curse God and die, what Job say? You're speaking like a foolish woman. Are we to receive the good things from God and not also the bad? And guys, what we've got to realize is there are good things and there's bad things. It rains upon the just and the unjust. Amen. Yep. But we as believers, we as, as men of God, Bible-believing Christians, we have got to be the people who say, I'm going to trust in the Lord regardless of my situations because I know God is sovereign and God is in control. Either one of you guys got something you want to add? Well, I, I want to say this. I, I think it's a matter of perspective, right? Uh, um, we've, we've talked a lot about uh, the, the, the resolve that we need to have when it comes to these situations. But we've got to remember just a few things. First off, never, 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 ever forget that we're living in a world that's under a curse. You know, the reason good things happen or bad things happen to good people and the reason good things happen to bad people is because we live in an evil world, you know. So we can't judge the Lord based on the reactions or the things and situations of this world, right? Right got to remember that, that we live in a cursed world. 
But perspective, it's what gets us, right? When you have the right perspective, and that's what I hope we give some people, is we hope I hope we give them some perspective. Because we have to be able to endure. And when we endure, we see wonderful blessings. I'm sure every one of us could have a story, right? Uh, for example, I, I shared with you Obadiah, right? I mean, I'm 50 years mm-hmm. old and I got a five-year-old. Um, uh, my wife and I went through um, years and years and years of miserable fertility counseling, um, shots, doctors, all these things. I mean, and I, boys, when I say miserable, I cannot tell you how miserable it was. Calendars, got to do things here and there. Every morning I got to give my wife a shot. You know, we went through this twice and were successful twice. And um, the first time I think we were successful, we didn't know confirmation for, of success, but still the loss was real, right? Uh, the idea that, oh man, you've made it, you finally did it, you've, went, you've worked through all this and you're finally going to have a child of your own, you know, and just pff, nothing. Then we had confirmation of success. And I'll never forget that we woke up, or I was uh, at Vulnerable Baptist Church at this time as um, youth director, youth pastor, whatever you want to call me. And uh, it was Mother's Day, and my wife woke up, woke up, and she wasn't feeling good. And uh, I'll never forget it. I mean, I'll never forget it. We knew at that moment, right? And that was tough, Whew, man. And and so we pretty much gave up, right, after that. Then a doctor. I'm sure at this point you're probably thinking. Yeah, I'm, and, and boys, I'm telling you. I don't know why, but it in my heart meant I needed to have a boy. I needed to perpetuate the Johnson name. I don't know why, but I had just this strong urge. And so when this didn't happen, um, you know, my life was empty i'm sure that that the enemy was coming against you and causing you to doubt god oh yeah you've served god faithfully for years yeah and it was and he's still not giving you a child oh beat you i ain't kidding you just beat up you know what i mean um and then we adopted we adopted my second cousin (laughs) and i'd like to tell you that went well but it was miserable Mm -hmm. um at 16 he lost his ever-loving mind he hadn't found it yet i don't even know where he is at the where, where he's at in the world he was raised in the church um, but he just has turned his back on the Lord and, mm. and, um, uh, you know, and it, it just, you know, nothing's working. It's all miserable. I'm now 45, um, getting to fulfill cause God's always been a, God's always blessed me. I'm, I'm fulfilling a, a childhood dream coaching at Teleco Plains high school with John Molinax, you <laughs> know, bears. yeah. And, um, we're at a, we're at a, uh, coaches meeting on Sunday. We go to church on Sunday morning. And uh, I'd leave, ch- I'd leave uh, church, I'd go real quick, grab a bite to eat, and we'd go to the high school and, and have our Sunday afternoon meeting. And uh, uh, Frank Hicks, I was a youth pastor at Bethlehem Baptist Church when this happened. Frank Hicks had preached on um, some folks, uh, I think, uh, that had had a child late in life. I don't can't remember if it was Abe and, Abe and Sarah or what, but anyway, he had made the comment, my wife remembers it better than I do, that maybe we have one of those in the congregation today, you know, somebody that's waited forever, and I paid no attention to it whatsoever. Uh, Honestly, probably thinking about football because I'm getting ready to go to a meeting. 
and you didn't check your phone, you didn't do anything when you're at the meeting with Coach Mullinax. You just, but I noticed it a break that my wife had tried to call me like 40 million times. And so, real quick, I called her, What's up? And uh, she sent me a picture, and it was a, it was a, a pregnancy test, and it was, it was positive. And I went, What's your sister pregnant again? <laughs> and she said, No, that's us. And I went, What? She said, that's us. And I walked in the door and said, I got to go. I said, I can't tell you what's going on, but I got to go. But the Lord, through all of this, had blessed us. Amazing. And, um, and, and of course, there's great fear. So we go through the pregnancy with just scared to death. I mean, yeah. we go to the doctor every week. It, it's, it's terrifying. Um, we get ready to have him, and he's turned the wrong way. And just, I mean, we're just, we'd go through, the little booger would move. And if you know him now, you understand it. He'd move and his heartbeat would move. And so mm-hmm. not finding that heartbeat was terrifying. But then I'll never forget, we went, we finally got in. She had to have a C-section because he was laying sideways in like 2.5 milliseconds, it seems like. The curtain went up and they handed me a baby. And this dude, I'm telling you, I like to brag on my kid, but good gravy, what a blessing from the Lord. I mean, he's been reading since he's about two and a half. He will sing. Oh, man, he will sing. Um, he tell he tells people that he's not sure if he's going to be a singer or a preacher, and he's just five years old. Oh, gosh. And so I look back, and I'm telling you, boys, I mean, there were times when even as a, a Christian, I was thinking, can I endure? Um, I mean, I'm I'm thankful that I'm not a guy that would do something extreme, but those thoughts were there. I'm not lying. I'm not lying. And then to look back and reflect and go, man. And so I know when people are out there listening and and they're saying, yeah, it's easy for you guys to say, you know, hang in there. But I'm telling you, um, my experience completely has been hang in there. That's a personal testimony, right? Yeah. There. Yeah. Yes. yeah. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, Paul, after a long day of work, you're tired, Heather's tired, or maybe even after church on Sunday afternoon. Everybody's got to eat. So where are you going? I'm going down to see Juan and the family at Senor Lopez, 105 Mecca Pike, Teleco Plains, Tennessee, where the food is fresh and the family is welcome. Come home for dinner at Senor Lopez. And Jared, I want to uh, read this little passage to you. First Peter chapter two. It says, for this is thankworthy. If a man for conscience toward God endures grief, suffering wrongfully, for what glory is it when Ye are buffeted for your faults, ye take it patiently. But if when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable unto God. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow in his steps guys when we're suffering or when we are we feel as if we're experiencing suffering no matter how big or how little 
spiritually, we need to realize that we're following in the footsteps of Christ. Now, now, granted, you know, there's the old "you reap what you sow" type thing. Sure. I, and and guys, I don't. I, I, I this is not insensitive. I hope this is not insensitive. But if a person smokes their whole life, and they come down with cancer, I hope they don't say, "Why is this happening to me? Why is God allowing this to happen to me?" Well, you reap what you sow. You know. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, I don't want to sound insensitive, but if a person has just got bad nutritional habits and then they come down with diabetes, you know, because they're obese and overweight, you know, and they're like, why is God allowing all these health problems to happen to me? Well, put down the Doritos and the little Debbie's and stop drinking the Mountain Dews. You know, that might help you a little bit. I'm not talking about that type of suffering. I'm talking about, you know, something that you just experienced. We're wanting to have a child and we, it's not happening. God, why? Or I can't figure out what's happening with my child. We trained them in the ways of the Lord, and they're, they've gone astray. Or I'm just having difficulty at my job because these people just keep coming against me because of my faith. Regardless of whatever it is, you know, put that instance into this scripture. This is what you were called for. Because when people see your response to the suffering, they're watching you to see if you're going to, be an example like Christ, if you're going to follow the pattern that God left so that we could follow in his footsteps. I'm going to let you guys add to, you know, some, I'm sure somebody else has got something. Cody, you've been quiet for a while. What do you got over there? Well, I mean, just just like everyone's talked about, you know, we, we all have those stories, but at the end of the day, there's four of us sitting in this room and however many people's going to listen to this, how many people today has suffered, I'm talking about suffered, for Christ's sake in America? And you say, Cody, that's cold. Well, think about this. There's nobody willing to arrest me when I pulled up in this parking lot. These missionaries that is on the field right now, losing their life for the gospel's sake. And on any given Sunday, how many people, I'm not going to church because I don't feel good today. I'm not, I'm not going to go down to Roman's house and witness them because I think it's useless. I ain't got time. But yet, everybody sitting in here, especially the pastors, when trouble comes, what do they do? God, get me out of this mess. God, get me out. I'll do anything. Well, <laughs> Abraham, Sarah, you know, all he said is trust me. I, Abraham, I'm, I'll make you a father of many nations. But what did they do? Just like we do, we try to do it on our own. When it don't work, then what happens? We run to God. I've been guilty of it, and I'm sure everybody has. The pattern of Israel. Amen. <laughs> but I just want to go ahead and clarify, I'm not making light on anybody's situation. You know, if it, it's bad in your eyes, I'm going to try to comfort you. But at the end of the day, we still have to give the truth. Yeah. Well, I think... To, to go with what you're saying, right? I mean, this is the truth revival, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes the truth means putting your big boy pants Amen. on. Amen. Here's the thing that, that, that I struggle with a little bit, um, and I'm very guilty of it. Uh, when we commit our life to Christ, then our life is no longer ours, and our path is no longer ours. So if you're walking outside the path of God, there's consequences for that. Sometimes we take those as afflictions when really it's just correction. 
And then I think the writer of Hebrews says there'd be chastisement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so we've got to understand that if we're walking God's path, then we are held by the Savior. Mm-hmm. And once again, what what I want to talk about or what I've been saying a lot is uh, it's a matter of perspective. I think if we can gain that proper perspective, we'll realize that some of this, that we're okay. It's not making the situation okay, but it's making, I mean, you know, like I said, I'm not making light of anything, but when we realize we're walking the Lord's path, then we're okay. Mm-hmm. I think the important thing, <laughs> the important thing is to make sure, uh, fellas, that we can differentiate between chastisement because we're outside the will of God, you know, a little self, little self-reflection to make sure where we are, where we are. But the truth of the matter is, yes, bad things happen to good people, but the Lord has us. We just got to recognize that, and we're so bad at recognizing that. I mean, and I am too. Golly bum, I am too. Um. But I think that's that that's important. It's very, very important for us to realize that when we commit to Christ, then he is in charge of our destiny. And I know that's big words, right? Ooh. Yeah, let go and let God. Yeah, 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 yeah. And all this stuff that we hear all the time, we see on bumper stickers and T-shirts, we think we roll our eyes when we see it, but there's some truth in those things, you know? Yeah. And we've just got to remember that. Yeah, Matthew says he makes his sun rise on evil and good. And it, and in Job 14, 1, man's days are few, but they're full of trouble. Mm-hmm. The thing about it is everything that I – that you, you touched on this earlier, Jared. Everything that I've been through, looking back on it now, to this point in my life, God has actually used all those situations for me to minister to somebody. Yeah. And uh, it's crazy how – all over this world, all over our nation, people are going through the same things that we're going through. You know, I'm sure there's no telling how many flat tires there were this morning. You know, there, we, we've got people in our church that suffered the way you did, you know, wanting a baby and God having to come through. And, and, and the crazy thing about it is when you, when you quit trying to do it yourself and you Amen. let, and you let Amen. go, God rewards you for that. And I, I mean, I, I don't talk about it a whole ton, but, uh, I, you know, Jerry and I went to school together, and I've got a three-year-old. He's crazy, but I love him. He's unbelievable. He's awesome. But my first son, when he was four, you know, I was I was traveling all over the country, going overseas, singing Christian music and playing. And, and uh, you know, when my son was four, he gets taken away, you know, and I don't even know where he's at for 30 days, man. Hidden. And uh, my my wife at the time, I mean, she, you know, she she found somebody else, and uh, and I'm like, man, I can't even if I can't hold my home together, how can I portray the gospel? How can I minister the gospel? So my son was hidden; he was gone for thirty days, man. And uh, and and pastors, men of faith, hid him from me. And you talking about getting a little bitter and and torqued? I'm not gonna lie. I was bitter and torqued. My son's 19 years old now. I fought and fought and fought and fought and fought for him. And every time I tried to get him, every time I tried to fight, I was denied. 
Denied. He wanted to come live with me. He wanted to go to Teleco. Denied. Denied. To the point now to where he, he was so removed from me and this that we talk, but it's not, it's not solid. It's almost like we're just, you know, we're acquaintances. We're not even close. And that was taken from me, you know, and, and I, and I remember crying out, Lord, I, I need that restored in my, you know, I, I want to know what it's like. I wasn't even really allowed to be a true father, even though I was involved in there, but I didn't really raise my son because he's with me two days every yeah. other week. Yeah. So then next thing you know, here comes bubs and we got him and I've been restored to that. But everything I went through in the bitterness, I met a guy at a church from New York city. He was from New York. He's actually been visiting here some. And I met him about eight years ago. And we got to talking, and he told me his story, and his story was exactly like mine. And by hearing his story, God started peeling me like a banana and mending those wounds and taking that bitterness off me. And that, and I'm just going to be honest, that hatred, you know, the hatred, the bitterness, the, the anguish, start peeling it off of me so what he went through was to help me and what i've been through i've already been able to say hey listen yep. you you don't have to be this way you don't have to act this way because if we allow those situations and those circumstances they will hinder our growth and they will stagnate us and we will not fulfill our purpose in the kingdom yep and i just thank god that my wife looked at me one day and said hey you don't love jesus anymore do you and at that moment i did not because I was mad, I was angry, I was hurt, I felt betrayed, and I was like, why did this happen to me? I'm a good dude. Yeah. And you're carrying all that baggage, and what you've got to eventually do, like you said, you've... Yeah, you just got to let go. You let it down. Yeah. You got to let it down. Well, what you what you gained, right? Yeah. Perspective. With, with some perspective. And a little bit of truth, yep. right? Amen. I mean, and that's the thing. And so, I mean, hearing your story, man, I get excited because that that's that's life, right? The thing is, is if we can just get to the point where we dig for that perspective, right? If we reset ourselves, and it's okay. That's another thing. Can I tell you something? It's okay to get mad. Amen. It's okay to get mad. Yeah. Lord understands. He understands. Yeah. It's okay. I mean, you think about it. Yeah, we love to talk about uh, uh, the the call, right? Uh, go, go, go ye therefore, right? Right before the go ye therefore, therefore, you realize the scripture tells us that those disciples were doubting. Yeah. They had seen all this miraculous stuff and they were still doubting because doubt happens and the Lord knows how to handle it. But if you can do like you did, and you know, sometimes the Lord has to give it to you. Sometimes you have to search for it. Sometimes it just shows up, but that perspective and that truth, when you can really analyze what's going on in your life and go, aha, it's, mm -hmm. uh, that's what I caught, tell people. It's those aha moments. Yeah. I want to do a couple of scripture references here, guys. In Habakkuk chapter one, he said, how long shall I cry? And thou wilt not hear. Have you ever asked that? God, how much longer <laughs> do I need to pray? And you're not going to hear. Even cry out unto thee of violence, and you will not save. Why dost thou show me iniquity and cause me to behold grievance? I think in summary right there was he saying, he's saying, God, why are these bad things happening to your people? <laughs> yep. It's okay 
to cry unto the Lord, to share your heart, to share your frustrations, to share your emotions. But I want to go back to, we was talking about people suffering for the kingdom's sake. And I think that's one, one thing we need to try to, we need to try to orient ourselves. We need to try to gain the proper perspective to go, is this of my doing or is God trying to teach me something here? Because I heard the great Tony Evans. You guys know who Tony Evans oh, is? Yeah, yeah. Tony Evans said, suffering is God's invitation closer to him. When we go through periods of suffering, guys, what that should help us realize is that we are in a fallen creation. Yep. We are in a broken world. And we, being of the light, being children of God, ought to realize, hey, this world is broken. We should draw closer to the Lord. 9-11 was one of those events. This happened, and everybody was angry, everybody was mad, but people were open to spiritual things. Yeah. They were receptive to the things of God. People was praying publicly. I mean, this was a time of deep sorrow, but people were open to the things of God. These early disciples, whenever they preached Jesus, Peter and John healed that lame man, said, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I given to you in the name of the Lord. I love that one. The, uh, yeah. the, the Pharisees said, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. you, you need to stop teaching about Jesus. And they said, we can't help but speak of the things that we've and, and saw and heard. And they said, well, we're going to threaten you real good and you better not do that anymore. And they go back and they pray and man, the house just about falls down on them. The, the ground shakes. And then they go back out and there's another instance where they are thrown in prison. The great high priests come among because they were daily at Solomon's temple ministering. And so they, they took him in and they said, we told you guys to shut up. Stop talking about Jesus is Acts chapter five. And they said, we ought to obey God rather than man. And you know what happens? They beat him. They whooped him, oh boys. Cody, if somebody come into Unicoi and beat you and said, I told you to stop preaching, would you be back next Sunday? Absolutely. <laughs> Something tells me you there know, ain't many people going to walk in and beat him. That's know. what I was thinking. <laughs> Cody might beat him back. He's a pretty big old boy. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, what about kids in school? who get bullied for their faith. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can remember Columbine, and y'all know the the story of what that was said about these boys and how they asked that girl, and I don't know if there's any audio on that clip, and I don't even know if it's ever been confirmed, but they said, do you believe in Jesus? And this little girl said, yes. And they pulled the trigger. That question has been asked by so many people. If the gun is pointed at your head, do you save your own life and say, no, but secretly I believe Jesus knows my heart. Let your light so shine before men so that they may see your good works. Matthew 5, 16. There you go. <laughs> there you so go. So that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So when people see you doing good works, performing the work of a Christian, it glorifies God. Just like we said earlier, suffering when we go through suffering, it's pleasing unto the Lord because if we, you know, if we seek God during that time, then we're we're following in his footsteps and it glorifies God in heaven. 
So rather than be a timid Christian and suppress our faith, we should live boldly yeah. in this present world. And these guys, they were beat. And you know what? They kept on trucking. <laughs> they yeah. kept on going. Yeah. And Gamaliel gave the one of the greatest speeches right there. He said, listen, he said, you know, there's been people come and go, guys who thought they was the Messiah, men who thought they was prophets. They had some followings, and they kind of petered out. He said, I'm going to tell you guys something. He said, if this is of man, it'll stop. And guys, I wonder how many people, they've stopped serving because they were not of us originally. That's what, you know, John says. They went out from us. Why? Because they were not of us. And I think periods of suffering sometimes reveal our yeah. true motivations. Yeah. They reveal where our faith truly lies. It solidifies our way of him or not. Because, well, it can either know. solidify or it can break. Yeah. yeah. Well, and if you go back to what Cody was saying earlier, but could you imagine if we would choose to celebrate our sufferings, um, if we would choose to endure our sufferings like the martyrs that are actually going through things, Cody, that we don't even uh. understand. You know what I mean? Could you imagine what the church would be like if we could gain a proper, I keep using the word, but gain a proper perspective? Seems to be the word of the day. Yeah, it seems to be the word of the day, for me anyway. Um, but could you imagine, Cody? I mean, think about that. If we could finally grasp that suffering is something to rejoice over, think about that. You know, it's something to rejoice over. Count it all joy. Yeah, well, Ooh. and think about this. If I go to a football game, right, because we all understand football, <laughs> if I go to a football game in Alabama and I'm wearing orange, especially in today's world, right, with as good as Alabama is and Tennessee's, who knows? Mediocre right? at best. Yeah, mediocre at best. Um, I might suffer a little bit there, right? So we, but you'll do it for Big Orange. But I'll do it for you'll Big do it Orange. For Rocky Top. And I'm telling you, when Rocky Top plays, son, I mean, I'll sing it. You know what I'm saying? It, it might be in the fourth quarter when the fifth string's in and we finally <laughs> kick an extra point. But you know what I'm saying? And and I hate to use, not to make light of it all, but if we could get a true understanding and of, of, of what it's like, the path, the walk. Well, we're ambassadors for Christ. Yeah. Right? When you wear that orange anywhere, people know Tennessee orange. Oh, yeah. And people ought to know... That guy's yep. a Christian. Yeah. and People I know, they, there's something different about that guy. And w they should know it in the good times and in the persecution. And the bad times. Yeah. You know, even when they mess up your order at Chick-fil-A. Well, actually, Chick-fil-A never <laughs> no, messes up no, order. No, no, come Ch on. That, They've never messed I up I think order. that's in first or second opinions. I think <laughs> it. But, you know, uh, when, when they mess up your order at Hardee's, oh, yeah. Hardee's mess up my order a lot. And it's like, I didn't order this with pickle. And how many times have people been ugly in the drive through line? Sure. But they go to church on Sunday. Guys, there's been so many times I've wanted to show my hind end. Sure. But the Holy Spirit <laughs> has just, you know, constrained me well, in probably, situations. Probably remember your place, Roman. Remember yeah. your place. Yeah, don't do this here. You probably yeah. don't want to do that. And it's just like, oh, and and you. I'm thankful that I haven't ruined my testimony. Sure. Because of a pickle right because somebody forgot my order or or because you know road rage or and, and we see this as as suffering you know where 
how many times we're at Walmart and it's like how how many time how many lanes do they have here and they've only got three open? What's going on? And we think that that's suffering. We've become impatient. Oh, it's in, our society. In our society, we're and I call it the microwave generation. We want everything. We want it now. We want to stream it on Netflix. I mean, now can you believe that this? What do they call it? The same day delivery or uh, same same as in theaters now? Yeah, yeah. You can watch a movie the same day it's released in theaters in your home. You know, and we're not we're super impatient in our in our society. And we just want everything. We want it now. And we don't realize that. But but that's not that's not suffering. No, that's not. That's not what we're talking about here today. You know, and there's going to be people who have asked, why do bad things happen to good people? And guys, we're going to try to wrap this up here. I want to give you this verse. First Peter, chapter five. But the God of all grace who has called you unto his eternal glory of Christ Jesus. After that, you suffered a while. He will make you perfect. Establish, strengthen, and settle you. Mm. Amen. That takes time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what? Through all of the experiences that we have in life, Cody, God establishing you. Amen. Brother, I've seen you grow as a pastor. I have such great respect for you. I, I love you, brother. I have tried to support you in your ministry, but I've seen you grow in your walk with Christ. Jared, I've seen you go through some adversity. And through all of those things, God's establishing you. Oh, yeah. Strengthening you. Paul, when we first met, you was always talking about the things that's happening in your life. And I thought, man, oh, man, this old guy's going through it. And forgive me for saying it like this, but you complained a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've heard you complain, Paul. And and what I'm seeing here, God's working some things in you. And you know what he's starting to do here? He's starting to settle you. Mm-hmm. He's starting to settle you. And you know what, guys? That's our life. That's the Christian walk. After you suffered a while. So what we got to realize is that when we go through periods of suffering, God's in control. God's sovereign. He's like the master chef, okay? He's got the ingredients. And uh, I don't know if anybody likes just to eat garlic, spoonfuls of garlic. Have you anybody ever done that? Yeah. No, I'm good. But you wouldn't just eat a spoonful of garlic, no. you know. But, man, you put that into, you know, some spaghetti sauce. Look out. Or you put that on a steak, some garlic butter, you know, with the proper ingredients, guys. And see, we may not see something as being very pleasant. A spoonful of salt. Nobody's going to eat that. But, you know, with a little bit of salt, salt seasons, salt cures. And see, God, he's given us these ingredients. And once they're all together, it all works for good. You see, that's the thing. That's the key. Realizing that God is working all things for good. While we're suffering, God's behind the scenes perfecting you, establishing you, strengthening you, and settling you. Guys, I'm going to let you all close us out right here. Cody, can we get your closing thoughts? I want to say a lot of times we forget what we actually pray for. If we're asking God to make us stronger, God, help me be more faithful. Well, when these trials and things happen in our lives, we tend to forget that. 
Caleb, for example, Caleb in the Bible, when he said, give me my mountain. He, he lived, he fought. It was a promise from Moses' day. And he told Joshua, and I won't read it if that's fine, and, and I won't say nothing else, but he goes on, he says, as yet, he says, I am as strong this day as I was in the day of Moses mm. sent me, as many strengthened was, was then. He says, even so is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come in. He says, now, therefore, give me this mountain. We all want the mountaintop experiences, but we got to go through the valleys. Yeah. Read Psalms. The Lord is my shepherd. You know, I know it's used a lot of times during a funeral service, but at the end of the day, the valleys is what makes you and prepares you for the mountaintop experiences in our lives. He closed the book, folks. That's pretty good. Good job, Cody. Jared, closing thoughts here. Well, to go off of what you were talking about, ingredients and, and the Lord's making something, right? Uh, I got me a pizza from Pizza Hut the other day. You know, I like pizza. Now, you That's know good. something? On the Domino's pizza, yeah. I do not like the garlic no, crusted butter. No. I always tell them no garlic. If I'm, I'm gonna, not a huge fan of garlic, by the way. Yeah. If I'm going <laughs> to eat pizza and it's going to be thin crust pizza, you get it from Domino's. Any other pizza, you get from Pizza Hut. But anyway, I got there awful early, right, at the Pizza Hut. Because now they bring it to your car, right? So I pull up, and I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting there. How foolish would it be for me to run in the door and say, hey, give me my pizza right now? And they well, it's only halfway through the oven. I don't care. How good is that pizza going to be, right? <laughs> so, I mean, it ain't going to be good. And that's a lot of times to go off of your ingredients and kind of the thought process that God is building us into something. Hey, we got to let him finish the process. Because let me tell you, now, I'm just a pepperoni pizza guy. That's it. But when I got that pizza the other night, it sure was good. Mm. You want to know why? <laughs> it was done. It was done. Yeah. Ooh. So let's just remember that. Yeah. Uh, bad things happen to good people. Good things happen to bad people. Uh, don't forget that the, that uh, right now uh, this world is crazy. Mm -hmm. But our Savior is solid. Yes. And that's what we need to remember. And just want to thank you guys for letting me be a part of this today. It's been it's been wonderful. Jared, I want to segue off of that. Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are his workmanship. Amen. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained, that we should walk in them. Amen. And what that means, his work, workmanship, that means we're his masterpiece. That's right. That's right. Don't eat the pizza before it's done. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, with the proper perspective, guys, God is working something beautiful in you, Cody. And I'm going to tell you, there, there's never going to be that period of time where you make it, right? It's never going to be like, oh, well, Cody's finally arrived. He's done. He's uh, not going to have to go through any more heartaches or troubles. No, it's, it's, it's on to the next level. <laughs> Could you just reset that, please, sir? <laughs> we have a do-over. <laughs> Mulligan. But Romans 8, 18, it says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed unto us. What a day, guys, mm. when we see the other side. And why God allowed these things to happen to us and the glory that's revealed one day in the kingdom. So if you're suffering, if you're going through difficult times, if you're going through tribulations, continue to have faith. Allow 
the light of Christ to shine through, be vulnerable even during those times of uncertainty, knowing that God is working something out for good. God's working his masterpiece in you. Closing thoughts, Paul. God shows no partiality. None at all. We're all created equal, bottom line, in the image of our creator. 2 Corinthians 4.17, For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. He's making you. He's molding you. And he's preparing you for him. Amen. So, guys, that's going to do it for today. Why do bad things happen to good people? Truth Revival style. I want to thank Jared Johnson and Cody Baxter for coming in today. Paul, as always, it's been a pleasure. Be sure to like us on Facebook. That's Truth Revival 37385. We're out of here.